Hello, hello, hello. Welcome everyone to the eSpot with Camille. I am your host, Camille Cower, and I'm very excited for you guys to meet my guest. He is Peter Katz. He is a Juno Award-winning Canadian Screen Award and two-time Canadian Folk Music Award-nominated singer-songwriter who has spent the past 10 years plus traveling internationally, touring all over the world. And I'm so grateful to have him here today as our guest to find out more about what he's doing and how you too could hear live music. I know we've all been in a drought. You can hear live music with Peter Katz. So I'm very excited about having him on. All right, let's bring him on in. You're in for a treat. Hello, hello, Peter. Welcome, welcome. Hey, hey nice to Thank you. Nice to be with you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, so let's just get right into it because I want to make sure people get a chance to hear about what you're doing currently. So we always start from the past to the future. So how did you get started in the music industry? Well, I mean, if we go way back, <laughs> you know, I, I always kind of played music as a kid. I actually did, you know, violin and piano, but it wasn't really till I picked up the guitar that I kind of got the songwriting bug and, you know, did that through my teen years. And then um, I started playing these open mics around Toronto. And that was kind of when I really, really fell in love with it and kind of, you know, booked my first shows and, and kind of grew it from there. But it, it sort of had this this kind of I it was something that I loved is something that I enjoyed. And then there was this moment where I was like, oh, no, 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 this is this is my thing. Like, this is what I'm going to do for my life. Do you remember that moment where you're like, this is it. I found my calling. I do. It was kind of two moments that, that kind of came together in, in a short period of time. The first one was um, I actually did my degree in theater and uh, we were doing this play called the Laramie project. It's a really powerful piece about uh, this young man named Matthew Shepard, who was the victim of a hate crime right. because he was gay. Um, and kind of was a big news story back back in the time. And and uh, this beautiful play was written about it. And um, the director of that show, this woman named Marianne McIsaac, um, she felt like it didn't make sense at the end of the show to have us all come out and like, you know, do the big kind of bow curtain call thing, like, hi, mom, because um, yeah. it was just such a heavy, poignant moment. Um, and so instead, she asked me to write a song um, as as kind of our way of saying goodbye and thank you to the audience. So I wrote this song called The Fence. And, you know, I had just been doing open mics. It wasn't it wasn't sort of like, you know, I'm going to be a singer songwriter, but she knew that I'd been writing songs. So she asked me to do this. And after the show, she kind of pulled me aside and said, you know, I think you could you could do this for your career. And you know, she was one of those people that I really admired and respected. And so I, I kind of like tucked that away in my, in the back of my mind. Yeah. And then just a couple, couple months later, I saw um, Glenn Hansard play, uh, who's, you know, was my first time seeing him play, but I was just sitting there in the audience and I was watching him on stage and, you know, just, just was so blown away and how he was connecting with the audience and his songs and just everything about it. And as amazing as he was, I was like, that's it. Like that's that's what I have to do. And I sort of so I sort of had like Marianne's voice in my head of like, you could do this. And I was watching Glenn and I was like, all right, all bets are off. Like I'm all in. And uh I 
I have not been bored since. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, do you remember your first time on stage or your first, I guess, beyond an open mic, but like a real paid event? Do you remember? Yeah, I, I mean, I remember my first show uh, i don't know that it was so well paid but <laughs> i mean know. still like that one like official check moment i don't know exactly what yeah. that would be for a musician or for a singer songwriter but that first moment where you kind of feel validated as like i'm a paid performer i'm it's not just a hobby it's not just um a phase this is it you know like this is my career now yeah for sure i, I it's funny i mean it i didn't plan it this way but i think the moment that kind of hits what you just said was actually several years later i got to open for glenn hansard um wow. and and you know i i had had him sing on my record and there, there was there's a whole other longer story about how that all came to be but um i got to open for him and uh and i remember being backstage and it was at this you know this theater in toronto the queen elizabeth theater and and uh and I was looking in the, you know, the, the the dressing room mirror, you know, with the the light bulbs all around it, and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this is, you know, there's two thousand people out there. Like my hero <laughs> is is in the other dressing room, and I I was like, I should be freaking out right now, yeah. but I I had this moment where, of course, you know, I'm nervous and I I like I want to do a good job, but I realized that I was ready, mm -hmm. and that you know, I had been playing 150, 200 shows a year for several years by the time that happened, you know, just like back and forth across Canada, just kind of trying to get better at this thing. And I, I, I decided early on that the only way that I was going to get good at it was to do it as much as humanly possible. And just kind of log, you know, the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours concept of just kind of logging your hours. And, and so I was, I just had this distinct moment. I remember of like looking in the mirror and being like, I'm ready to do this. Yeah. And that felt like something shifted in that moment. And, and that performance actually, it, it did shift kind of my, it shifted my career. Um, you know, that, that, that there was enough people in the audience and, and enough people of, you know, in the music industry or whatever that it, it, it changed things. And, uh, you know, I did a 30 minute set and, um, I remember getting like a standing ovation as the opener and it was, it was kind of like a pretty validating oh, moment, moment for sure. Yeah. yeah it was pretty, sure. pretty cool. Yeah. Did you ever get a chance to speak with him or get any great tips from him as well about performing? Uh, yeah. I mean, we, over the years, um, you know, we've, you know, became friends and, and, uh, I've, I've gotten, he, like I said, he sang on my album and, um, you know, uh, he's called me up on stage, um, you know, several times when he's, been in Toronto or another time we were both on tour in, uh, in in Denmark and he called me up on stage so you know it's I, I I never like expect those things to happen he has many 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 people and many 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 friends but it's he's he's been a mentor to me um, just in as as in how he has run his career how he's been with his fans how he's been as a creator um, you know how he's been just sort of with with his integrity um he's kind of been this kind of you know uh lighthouse uh keeping me keeping me on my path yeah that's awesome now what mm -hmm. do you remember any of the i'm just thinking not many people get the opportunity to get to work with someone that they had as an icon or even kind of 
had that moment like you mentioned earlier where you're like this is what i want to do type of thing and to be able to have them not only on your album but to be able to open with them and so on i was just curious if he ever gave you any advice that you could share in case there's someone else out there who's also interested in entering into this crazy world of music industry <laughs> or like if there's any tips that you got from your icon or even that you would want to give is for anybody new into the industry yeah you know that's a great question and I, I i honestly think my answer is 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 you know i really believe that you know you like show don't tell you know is that you like he's he's lived it so consistently for all of these years so um you know i've seen him play so many times and the commitment and energy that he brings every single time, um, you know, that to me is has been the biggest inspiration. The way that you know when he's talking to you, yeah. he is like fully present with you. There's a clear sort of you know gratitude and appreciation that you're there. Um, there's also something you know that like one thing that he said. He said this from the stage is like you know you spend your whole world your your whole life. You know, knocking on the door of the world, like waiting for the world to pay attention. And if you're lucky, um, you know, the world at some point turns around and looks at you and says, what? And, you know, <laughs> so for him, you know, that was, you know, when he won the Oscar for the movie once, um, you know, in 2008, like all of a sudden the world was paying attention. Like when I first saw him play in Toronto, you know, he was he was playing to a few hundred people and then he won an Oscar in 2008 and he was playing to a few thousand people and he was just as good, um, you know, when he was playing to 300 people, but all of a sudden he was playing to 3,000 people. And so his his point is that, you know, you what you want to spend your time and energy focused on is when the world turns around and looks at you and says what, you're like, this and whatever that this is you've been working every day of your life so that that this is as you know great as an impactful as it can be you know so yeah. i i really feel like you know any any artist and this this applies to me too you know there's there's this temptation um to be like okay like i need to reach this label or i need to get at this manager or i need to contact this person and the question i think you always need to ask yourself is okay let's say you were to get that agent and that agent was going to be like, all right, at seven o'clock tonight, you're going to walk out on stage at Madison's, Madison Square Gardens. Like, are you going to kill it? You have to be like, yes, you know, like here's, and you have to be able to kill it and, and, and be able to do that thing that you're kind of, you know, pining for. Yeah. So I just say redirect your energy to that thing that you would do if you got the opportunity, like spend all your time in that, in that preparation for the moment. And then when the moment comes, then you're ready. Um, so that's yeah, it. That's great. With it being a pandemic, everybody's kind of in that, well, for the most part, <laughs> they're in that maybe pause yeah. button or preparation button, maybe even mm -hmm. what have been the different things that you've done during this time to maybe just get yourself ready for that time when the door knocks again, when things open back up and you're ready to go back out and perform really live again. Right, well, it's interesting. I mean, it, the, the main focus, uh, you know, that I've, that I've uh, put during the pandemic uh, has been on how do I continue to do what I do, dis you know, within this mode, um, you know, there's, basically you know I, I don't know what happened in america the timing of things but in canada you know march 
13th was kind of the day that everything stopped. I actually had my last performance March 12th. Um, and I remember like midway through that, um, I was like, uh Oh, things are, <laughs> this is, this is coming to a halt. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, immediately, immediately, I basically like locked myself in this room that I'm sitting right now. Um, and I was like, okay, I need to figure out how to do what I do in an online way. And, you know, so I bought a new camera, I started reading and researching on, you know, how do I get great sound over zoom? Um, you know, cause a lot of, a lot of the, the platforms, they'll sort of change wow. your voice yeah. to certain, you know, and, and so it doesn't sound good. Uh, or if you're playing guitar and singing at the same time, it doesn't sound right. So I had to kind of figure out all this kind of back end hacking of like, how do you still have great audio, great video, um, and make it all work. And, and then also have an experience for the audience where they're not just there because they feel bad for you or, you know, they're trying to like throw a few bucks at an artist, but it's like, you're actually giving them an experience of high value. Um, and so I spent about three weeks in a very, 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 very deep dive on, you know, learning technologies, um, figuring out what gear I needed, figuring out how to use it, figuring out like workarounds that didn't exist yet on how to do it. Um, and I kind of emerged on the other side, able to deliver, you know, what, what I call like basically like watching a DVD or a Netflix show and the guys talking back to you in real time, you know, is that it's, it's great audio, great video. Um, and not only that, but there was also a learning curve around the there there are unique ways that you can connect with an audience in a virtual format that you can't do in person. You know, like for example, um, you know, the intimacy that you can have with a microphone. You know, like you can you can really play with space and you can get you can get like teeny tiny and and like hold a note at, at like the, the 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 tiniest of volume and you're right in people's ears you know um it it's sort of the difference between acting you know on stage and acting for film you know like if you're on stage in a giant theater and you raise your eyebrows slightly nobody sees it yeah. but if you're on camera that little eyebrow raise like is everything six feet right so, <laughs> yeah. exactly right so it's also like how do I, how do I create something? How do I use the space, um, to create a compelling offering for people? Um, and so that's kind of what I spent my energy doing. Cause I realized, you know, like we're probably going to be in this for a while and, and, you know, rather than, um, you know, going on, like for me, the format, uh, uh, for a concert, I didn't want to just go on Facebook, um, and, and YouTube without being able to have a bit of the experience of what, a live concert would be so i put everything on zoom where people can unmute their microphones and react afterwards and um and kind of created these kind of private zoom concerts and they've just been beautiful you know you'll have a family or group of friends that all come together and i did one concert where like you know the the grandmother was in toronto and the 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 mother was in the U.S. and the daughter was in New Zealand and they were all on together and the mom was like oh can you play this song because my daughter loves this and I played it and they're all crying and, and you know so you can you can actually do some really special things you know and yeah. so I I've tried to just look at it as it's like another 
format. It's another offering. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, you know, just do some kind of version of what a live concert in a concert hall would feel. It's like I'm creating a new format um, and I want it to be a compelling, great format. So long answer, but that's kind of what I've been spending my energy doing because I just don't, I sort of refuse to feel like this is life on hold right now because I guess I just, I don't want to feel powerless. I don't want to feel like I'm waiting for something because these are still my hours and minutes that I have on earth that are going by and I, I want to make them as meaningful as possible. And what's meaningful for me is, you know, creating songs, putting them out in the world, connecting with people. Um, I also give a lot of keynote talks. It's another thing that I do. And so, you know, the, the knowledge that I did on the music side has helped me there. And just being able to connect with people, even though we can't physically be in the same space, that's kind of been my, where my, I've put my energy. No, but I mean, that's great. That's how we met was through one of those zoom concerts. And I have to say mm -hmm. as an audience member, it was amazing. And it, I love that we could all communicate with you afterwards. We were um, a few were very familiar with your music. So they were even able to give out uh, requests for songs that they loved and um, the interaction of it all where you actually had the lyrics so we could sing along as well with you. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of fun. And I appreciate that that's what you spent three weeks masterminding because <laughs> I mean, it's true. Like a lot of us who are used to being on the stage or camera in front of the camera, we don't know the tech side of things. We don't know what yeah. all the producers and grips, what they're doing and now have a very great appreciation for all of that, <laughs> especially the audio part. Cause that's a big, that's a big thing. Like that's one of the things I've noticed even with, um, the third party app I use is that there is a lag with it. So with live music, it's, I mean, I don't know how that would even work on here as far as like, it being that lag or not, but needless to say, it's one of those things I'm really glad that you've found a way for people who love being a part of live music can still enjoy that in the comforts of their own home, especially with the way you've done, you've mastered it, I would even say, because you've gotten to a point where you even teach it, where you've given out videos showing how others can do it as well. So um, be sure you follow his YouTube channel, Peter Katz music, you can learn a lot and you can also hear some great music. Now I want to kind of, I was hoping that that conversation or that question would kind of lead to making new music as well. Cause you have an album mm -hmm. that's supposed to be coming out soon and you released a new single in April paper thin. Can you share a little mm -hmm. bit about that song and the fact that it was created by you falling off a cliff and surviving? Obviously you're here. <laughs> <laughs> you don't meet many people who've survived falling off of a cliff. And so right. I want to hear how that all brought up um, paper thin. <laughs> well, yeah. So, I mean, the, you know, paper thin was not sort of directly tied to the cliff story, but you okay. know, I think paper thin is, is a good, a good connection to the, to the theme of the whole record, you know, um, and which is, you know, if I were to pick one song that sort of embodies the record, I think Paper Thin is is that song. So it's it's a good choice. And and you know the 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 essence of that song is is you know when, is the lyrics in the second verse. Like when your biggest fear it ends up coming true. That's when you find out what you have inside of you. I'm braver than I ever could have known. These days have shown that to me. Um, you know, so it's it's really just about whatever challenges happen in our lives. Um, you know. 
as much as they're hard, as much as it sucks, it's that's that's where we actually discover what we're made of, you know, and the falling off the cliff, which certainly influenced much of the record, um, you know, thematically and the energy of it and just the the choices that I've made um, as far as doing something that I'd never done before because I was like, well, <laughs> I'm alive uh, and so I'm going to just go for it and I'm going to take these risks because um, I just feel so lucky that I'm alive and I guess I should tell you what happened just so that it, it, it kind of makes sense. But I, I, I do this I do this mentoring work every summer with with teenagers uh, out in Alberta here in Canada. Um, we go out into the mountains and we go hiking and rock climbing and whitewater canoeing. But um, it's not so much about the activities as it is about you know what what the, what they learn about themselves by doing those things. About you know kind of like what I was just talking about. Like when you do hard things, you really kind of discover what you're made of. So there's this whole emotional curriculum that's tied to the work. Um, and I I actually only ended up doing that work because the program had been using my songs as part of their curriculum, which I had no idea. And that's, that's a whole other crazy story. Um, but, uh, anyways, we were doing a, a rappel, which is one of the activities, you know, where you kind of lower yourself down off this, uh, hundred foot cliff. And I was kind of overtired and not really thinking. And I was kind of focused on, on the kids safety and, uh, basically all the kids had gone down and it was lunchtime and I was trying to go down and, and I just didn't have the right repelling device because the last kid had taken it down with them and so you know long story short I, I i i rigged set something up that i didn't know uh what i was doing and i was sort of overly confident and overly tired and uh, walked off the edge of the cliff and you know essentially fell 100 feet in about three seconds um you know i was attached to a rope um so but the rope was you know flying through very very fast to the point that I, it actually burned my hands um, you know i had like burns on my hands trying to hold myself but miraculously I, I landed on my feet um the ground was like this loose gravel and uh there was a few sort of ledges along the way that i kind of bounced off a little bit and i don't know something <laughs> Some kind of miracle happened that day. Um, I, I I injured myself extremely badly. You know, my my ankle was was shattered, and um, you know, at one point I was told I might never walk again. And it's been a, you know, two year recovery, lots of physio. I have you know hardware in my ankle, but um, you know, it's a miracle that I'm alive, that I'm not paralyzed, that I'm able to walk. And uh, you know, as much as I you know, wish that never happened, you know, it's part of my history and it is part of, it's part of, you know, it's part of my strength now. Uh, mm -hmm. It's part of my resilience and it's part of this album, you know, it's part of um, why I think I was willing to make an album that's unlike anything I've ever made before. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think it's, it's part of where I found, you know, some of the, the depth and courage that I, I feel are in the lyrics is of, of, of just kind of laying it all out there okay. <laughs> and try. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's amazing that a, that you survived, but I can't even imagine the fear and everything that you were going through, even the people watching from below and to turn something so scary and negative into such a positive of an album. And also with, Great song. I'm actually going to try to show a little bit before Facebook will 
course muted, so we'll just do a very quick clip, but you guys can see more on YouTube. So hold on, let's show a little. I can barely even talk about it now But I don't know any other way out I have pushed myself so hard for all these years Still it's not clear What for And all the roads I drive no longer Facebook says, hey, we're done, Facebook jail. <laughs> I can get all caught into your music every time now. What do you think has been the biggest difference in your new album compared to your work in the past? Since you said the, um, the fall, the survival of it all gave you more courage to try something new. Well, you know, I, I historically, I, I've been more of a, a folk singer songwriter kind of traveling the world, you know, acoustic guitar and piano um and you know i i love that music that's always you know my heart and soul um and my mandate you know for making a pop record which is what i did was that you know the song still needed to be good enough that if you were to play them around a campfire on acoustic guitar you'd still be able to say like yeah that's a solid song like i didn't want to rely on the kind of bells and whistles that pop music allows for mm -hmm. um in order to to sell something that's maybe not not a great song um but really it was it was you know making a pop record um making music that you know was more about the rhythm section than about the the lyrics and the words and again i i stand by the lyrics and the and the word uh, and lyrics and the music you know more than anything i've ever put out in the world um but to i think i've always made music that's just sort of put the music and lyrics like really front and center where there's there's not too much else distracting from it um so it was pretty terrifying to me to make it about the rhythm section make it about the music itself and how it makes you feel without even noticing um you know the music and lyrics and then for me the music and lyrics they're there waiting for you when you when you want to take them in um but I just wanted music that that you kind of felt in your body first, that kind of hit you physically before it hit you kind of cerebrally. Um, and that was a big risk for me, um, you know, and 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 I think, you know, also just the the subject matter for me, I, I think I, I I allowed some of my darker sides, some of my rougher edges you know i think a lot of the music i made in the past which again i'm i'm very 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 proud of i have no no regrets about it there are um, just a couple of award-winning songs <laughs> well, um but like i you know i think at that it, it, 
in the mode that I was in writing that music, mm-hmm. I was more trying to sort of paint a picture of of a little bit more of an idealized world that I I like wanted the world to be. And then you know a bunch of things kind of went wrong <laughs> in my life, um, and I I sort of had the walls kind of crumble, and I had to sort of pick myself up and and figure out a, a new life for myself, mm-hmm. and. And I allowed myself to kind of reveal the crumble, I guess, and and reveal the, you know, what I hope is is like the human experience of of things don't always go the way that you want them to go, and and you know we're we feel vulnerable, we feel angry, we feel sad, we feel all the things, you know, um, and I just allowed all of that through, and and I think I. I, I just hadn't quite allowed that through before. And, um, and so it feels very raw for me emotionally. Um, and yet it's sort of quite polished in, in the, in the sort of delivery of, of pop music. Um, but I'm, yeah, I, I could not be more proud of this record. And I think the, the real litmus test is, you know, it's it's existed now for a little while. You know, we're 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 in the process of putting it out. We've released four four songs so far, um, but I I love it yeah. wholeheartedly. Whereas most stuff, you know, I always say by the time it's like wrapped in plastic, I don't want to listen to it anymore. Um, whereas this one, I I I I love it more and more and more. And I I like I just it's an 11 song album and every single song I would stand on the highest mountain and scream, like, listen to this, you know, I just couldn't be more proud. So it's a good feeling. That's amazing. So you're definitely ready for the knocking emotion and the door to open. Like, this is it. This is my album. Here you go. (laughs) Enjoy. Yeah. I'm, I'm sad though that, you know, the, the album is designed to be, is designed to be like dance to is designed for like a large room of people to be moving and feeling and so it's 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 quite uh you know i'm grieving right now that it's it's can't be um presented in that way and so i'm obviously having to figure out other ways to present it um but i i i I hold my little light for the future when i'll get to do that i'll have to introduce you i'm actually going to have a guest um, the first week of September, she does virtual reality DJ. Oh, where, cool. Yeah. And I'm learning a little bit more about it, but I mean, it's tons. She DJs. A lot of people just make their own little avatars and you never know. There could be a listening party thing you guys do together. Maybe. That'd be, yeah. Please connect us. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I'd love to do. I'm telling you, Jeff like Culver's that. events. You got to go to <laughs> and you meet yeah, everybody yeah. there. <laughs> Because I met true. her there it's as well, true. but um, I was like so fascinated because I was um, looking at VR for my daughter, not realizing it's an arm and a leg and it doesn't necessarily work very well with Max. So that's something that's kind of kept me from doing it. But she was just telling, just hearing about her experience and hearing what you're saying right now. That might be a good opportunity. Yeah, for we'll have to. I'll have to give you her information and see yeah, how that works. Do. That would be kind of cool. So this is a big difference to go from like dance music, you're saying, as opposed to folk music. I have to admit, folk music isn't my, um, I don't know much about that genre. I'll just go ahead and put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, when I think of folk music, I do think of songs that are sung around the campfires, like you mentioned earlier. Right. But I also think right. of it being um, songs that 
like you said, they don't really talk about the emotions. It's more or less something that's going on or um, I'm thinking of the the mountain songs type things where it's camp songs. Exactly. Right. So, right. Are you scared of or like maybe some of your previous like some of your audience will kind of feel like you sold out or changed or left them behind? Or do you think it will still include them because you are still being true to the lyrics being the main focus? Yeah, I mean, I I think for sure. And I, you know, I've already experienced it a little bit that, you know, some of the people that, you know, are, you know, are the kind of purists who just want like the acoustic and the voice, um, yeah. you know, they're, they're like, what's this? Um, and that's okay. And I, I, I mean, obviously you, you, you can like what you like and, and it's all good. And, um, and you know, you, I just feel like you can't please everybody. And I think if, if you want to, be an artist i mean you you have to follow what's speaking to you you know like you're, it's it's the only way to to be alive and feel that vitality is you have to do what's calling to you and and so i kind of look at it as like well some people will transition over and and if you think about it these days you know people might love folk music but they might also love dance music and they might love metal and you know like like people aren't sort of kind of as segmented as they used to be as far as what kind of music that they like you know it's like well maybe you like folk music when you're you know hanging around by the campfire but maybe you also like to rock out or you like hip-hop or whatever it might be uh, i know for me i love it all i love hip-hop i love rock i love pop music i love folk music i, I love classical music i love jazz you know it's like whatever so you know if they if they really love my folk acoustic stuff. I have six other albums that are <laughs> available uh, for them to listen to. And, uh, and, you know, I may, I may yet make more acoustic stuff. I'm sure I will. I may even do acoustic versions of some of these songs. Um, but I wanted to, I wanted to just follow through on the vision and, and, you know, I, I think it's a really empowering question to say, maybe I don't know who I am in a good way because i think when you say maybe i don't know who i am then that's when you create the possibility to be anything that you want to be um it's it's like a liberating thing so yeah. i think i allowed myself that that essence of i don't know who i am and i'm going to i'm going to figure out who i am right now through the making of this record and and that's what i feel like it sounds like no, and why not have your favorite folk singer also be your favorite pop singer as well now, you know? Why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and speaking of which, you've done some really, well, I don't, I shouldn't say some, because I know of one that is so close to my heart, but you've done pop covers acoustically, mm -hmm. and they've been amazing. So I just want to show you. a little bit of one, because again, I don't want to go to Facebook jail, but. You guys have to hear <laughs> Peter's version of Halo. It is amazing. I'm actually going to scroll up a little to make sure you get to the good part.
Remember those walls I built? Baby, they're tumbling down. They didn't even put up a fight. They didn't even make a sound. I found a way to let you in, but I never really had a doubt. Standing in the light of your halo, I've got my angel now. It's like I've been awakened. Every who you had me breaking, it's the risk that I'm taking. I ain't never gonna shut you out. Everywhere I'm looking now, I'm surrounded by your embrace. Baby, I could see a halo. You know you're my saving grace. Everything I need and more, it's written all over your face. Baby, I could see a halo. I pray it won't fade away. Okay, I know Beyonce's people are expensive, so I'm not even risking <laughs> for that one because <laughs> they came after me with a parody. And so I can only imagine what they'll do with Peter Katz and Beyonce's people. Amazing. But so what made you decide to even do um, a cover of Halo? Because Beyonce has like a beehive, like they're notorious for coming after anyone that comes after their queen. Well, it's a funny story. Uh, uh, one of my best friends uh, it, it called me up one day and uh, he said, you know, uh, Meg and I, his, his wife-to-be, he's like, we're getting married and we would love for you to play during the ceremony. And I was like, oh, gosh, of course, I'm honored. You know, what yeah. Peter Katz song would you like to hear? And uh, there was this awkward pause on the other end of the phone and he said, well, actually... Meg is hoping that you'll play Halo by Beyonce. And um, so I said, of course. And uh, so I learned the song and decided to just kind of make it my own. You know, um, I was really into the, the loop pedal at that time. And so I figured out kind of my own arrangement and I sent it to them. And like after, uh, so for their one year anniversary, I was kind of learning Pro Tools, like recording software and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I'll just do this and send it to them as a kind of one year anniversary present. So I sent it to them as just a little surprise gift. And he was so happy and grateful that he said, let me let me come over to your place and uh, shoot a video. Like he's a videographer. He's directed many of my music videos. He's done all my album art. Um, super talented guy. So it's a pretty big offer for him to say, I'll come do this for free. And he just came over and shot shot me in my living room and we put it on youtube like he did the whole thing for free and uh you know it's like <laughs> that's the thing that nearly has 15 million views now so yeah. it's kind of funny the way you know you make a music video that you spend you know ten thousand dollars on and you market and you do all the things and those videos have like a hundred thousand views and then you do something for your friend's wedding and it's got 15 million views so you never know, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. oh, wow. Now, have you ever heard from Beyonce's camp at all in regards to doing it or safely I, try to see you? <laughs> well, no. So I, I actually bought a license for the song before I put it out um, okay. just to preemptively um, say like, hey, I'm doing this. Uh, okay. And it's actually, it's actually, you know, as an artist, you want the covers because you make more money you know every time somebody uh, watches that video beyonce makes money so um uh, whoopsie just kidding yeah <laughs> so uh okay yeah so i mean it, the, you know youtube covers and that kind of stuff 
you know, if I was going to go license that song, you know, in a in a beer commercial, that would be a different story as far as um, you know approvals go. But you know, doing covers, that kind of stuff on YouTube, like I said, even you know, releasing them on Spotify, those kind of places, um, you know, obviously you want to notify and and uh, you know do it the correct way, but it's encouraged because ultimately it's more awareness more money for the for the songwriter and for the artist so it's you know I, i'd be thrilled if people covered all my songs do whatever you want <laughs> well i was just thinking if somebody got 14 million hits off of my song i'd be like wait thanks i sent a thank you card a gift basket something but never mind yeah i mean she would have made some good money off of that too so um wow. yeah well who knew? So back to you. <laughs> speaking, <laughs> of, um, speaking of which, now you've also worked in TV as well. Oh, some of your music is made it on TV as well. Like, how do those opportunities come about? Um, a few different ways. So I, I have like a, you know, this company that I work with in, in LA that kind of pitches my songs for, you know, film, film and TV stuff. Um, I, you know, my, my current manager, um, you know, also has some, ties to to those industries um like he has a sort of publishing deal through his management company so has access to you know some of the some of the kind of breakdowns and those kind of things that we can pitch on and and then i also you know i have a, a couple of the, the big big ones uh, have come through you know people that i that i know you know I, I like i said i did my degree in theater and a couple of my friends have gone on to become pretty well-known um you know directors and just say like hey do you have a song for this and i'm like yep <laughs> and uh, uh yeah i mean lethal weapon um rain signed sealed and delivered felicity was one of my favorite shows growing up so that mm. stuck out to me as a big one mm. but um for your consideration like you've worked on a lot of great films i was just curious and tv shows i was just curious if there was any um where they told you the theme and you had to create it yourself or did they always use music that was already created or no so one of my friends uh her name's April Mullen she's she's done like some pretty big films and she just directed like one of the um superhero shows on Netflix I'm blanking on the name right now like Legends of Tomorrow or I forget what the name is but anyway she's <laughs> an amazing amazing director and and she's um her and her writing partner Tim Doran they they've done a bunch of movies together and um so they did this film called 88 and they had kind of this key pivotal scene where they wanted you know just the right song so yeah. uh I worked with this other friend of mine named Karen Krasowski an amazing producer and songwriter and we we literally like you know had the scene up on the screen and I was like singing and writing lyrics and and we kind of wrote the song yeah. for the scene and then sent it to them and obviously they liked it and and it ended up in the movie so every now and then you have the opportunity to to really create something specifically for you know for for picture and that's I actually kind of love that because it it's you know when you're creating something from nothing like I'm just writing a song it's like it's like they're, they're just like kind of pull it out of the air you know whereas this is like here's your inspiration like here's your here's your canvas here's your here's your color palette right and that kind of keeps you in in a in a in a bubble in a good way you know i think restrictions are a good thing creatively um because you sort of know what's in and out of of that 
that little bubble. Um, so I actually love that, um, and you know, would gladly welcome more of that. It's 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 I love doing it, and and it's to me it's kind of win 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 because you get paid, more people find out about your music, <laughs> like yeah. you get much higher levels of exposure. It's 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 an ideal scenario um, to, to have those things happen. So I'm always really thankful when they do. And then in other instances, you know, I've just written songs with or for other people. And then those songs have ended up in TV shows, or I did one song with an artist that actually ended up in the Olympics broadcast uh, in 2016, which was like, very cool. That was a, a huge life highlight. I bawled like a baby when I saw that. So, well, uh, now so yeah, some cool things. yeah. So what would be your top three things that have happened in your career so far? Like ever under any category? Under um, any category, since you brought up the <laughs> Olympics being a highlight. I'm curious what would, from your standpoint, because uh, I know looking at your resume and um, your bio, what I would be like, oh, wow, you did this, you did that. But what for you were those top three moments? Because I think for artists, it's, I, it's so different, but you've won awards, so. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, I would say all of my favorite, favorite, favorite moments haven't been like shows in a room full of people. I think one of the coolest things that I've ever done actually happened just this past December. Um, there's a great, amazing Canadian artist named Royal Wood um, who you know does does really, really well. And uh, so he did a show with the Toronto Symphony Orchestra. Uh, at Roy Thompson Hall. And Roy Thompson Hall is this like, you know, 3,000 3, seat kind of, you know, venue of your dreams. You know, you just walk out and you're like, wow. Um, and so he invited uh, artists that, you know, he was friends with. Uh, there was like artists from like the Bare Naked Ladies uh, and from like Blue Rodeo, which is, you know, one of Canada's most famous bands and some, you know, Good Lovely, some, some great, great, great bands uh, and, and, and myself. And the orchestra um, did these arrangements, this, this uh, you know, great arranger named Drew Dureka created these orchestral arrangements of the yeah. songs. And so I got to, you know, the place was packed, packed out, and I got to play a song that Royal and I had written together called Brother with the symphony orchestra backing us up. And I mean, my goodness, I just got goosebumps just thinking about that moment. It was, it was, yeah. that was, that was one of the most incredible things I've, I've ever done in my life. Um, I can only I'll never it. forget that. <laughs> um, so that, that's one. I think, you know, playing with Glenn. Answered that that show was was uh you know that was a turning point for me for sure and then the other there's a few different shows that come to mind but i think i, I played the harborfront theater here in toronto um when my last album came out and like it sold out several months in advance and it was just like you know, I had kind of my, my dream band and I hired like a lighting designer who came in and brought all these lights. And, and it was just like, it was such a, such a special night. You know, my, my family came in from out of town and, and, uh, I, I loved that night so much. It felt just like we we're floating. So there's, but I think all my favorite moments are, are live, you know, with people like that's, that's the best for me. <laughs> now I'm going to go back to the orchestra because I feel like that's it would be everybody's dream as a musician to get 
to hear your music performed by an orchestra, just because there's so many different people that are now performing your song. What was that like the first time you heard them, even maybe in practice or um, even, I guess you guys did like a sound check or something. What did you, yeah. what was that moment like for you? I, it, it was, uh, I mean, I, I'm like speechless. It was just so, incredible and just the the arrangement there you know the violins have this like this kind of part that that has this momentum to it yeah. and i i had the sound engineer put the violins in my monitor um because the the one interesting thing about playing with an orchestra is you there's not there's not sort of like the the beat that the drummer normally would have so it's not always easy to actually find find the time um uh, okay. so i had i had the violins like keeping time for me in the in the in the monitors and it was also like i feel like it was the coolest part of the arrangement so um i mean you're not yeah i mean used to play a violin or anything <laughs> yeah but i mean just just it was so i i i mean the whole thing was was just like one of those moments where i was like don't don't miss this moment you know like i walked out i looked looked at the audience like it's just one of those you know, one of those venues that you just, when you, when you think of like, what's my dream as a musician, it's playing venues like that. Um, and then to add to that, like being on stage with, you know, one of my closest friends that we wrote a song together, backed up by the orchestra. Um, and then also getting to be side stage watching, you know, other unbelievable artists who I admire so much, you know, several artists who I've loved since I was a kid, you know, being part of this and, and, you know, seeing Royal do his songs with the orchestra. It was just like, I was just, just a kid in the candy shop, just kind of just sitting there and just, I loved every second of it. And, um, I, yeah, I really cherish that. Yeah. I'll have to share a little bit of that music video later. Cause so people have a better understanding of brother as well. Cause Got the clip mm. real quick, but I wanted to make sure we had time since it's already 651. Like time goes so fast. I wanted to speak about a little bit more about how people can find you and find a way to attend some of these like Zoom concerts that you mentioned earlier. Cause I'm sure you've made some new fans today for sure <laughs> that are gonna mm. wanna know what that experience is like firsthand. Cause it is the coolest. Well, thank you. I mean, you know, I uh PeterCats.com is kind of a good central hub and there's a contact section there where, um, you know, my manager, you know, can coordinate the, the, the concerts like the zoom, zoom concerts. So, you know, he's super awesome guy. And if you reach out, he'll, he'll get back to you. Um, and, uh, obviously I'm on socials at Peter Katz music everywhere. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of content that's about to be coming out we have um two singles that are going to come out on september 2nd uh, that i'm like super excited about and more after that and you know um that we're actually this week we're announcing the, the physical pre-order so you can order the vinyls and we have some cool merch and so there's there's lots of stuff that's going to be happening in in the coming days weeks and, and months so um you know petercats.com is going to have lots of updates the socials have lots of updates and and lots of things uh, and you know the zoom concerts are sort of an ongoing thing that are available um that i love to do and and like i said the the feedback from them has just been over the top and and uh it's really warmed my heart getting to do them so i you know be happy to do more of them
Yeah, you know, so different than just going live, like you mentioned on Facebook or Instagram or so on. Like a lot of the times audience are out there doing comments, but it's so quick. You can't really read them. You can't really yeah. see them. And unlike with Zoom, it's just a matter of unmuting people and you can interact and get that one I mean, one on a hundred or how many other people are in there yeah, as well yeah. that can hear you as well in that sense. But it's that connection again, that you don't get when even at most live events, even if you pay the $2,000 for the one-on-one -on -one experiences or whatever it may be. Right. Um, so yeah. just like thinking like the way that you've really made this an experience that's important is just so cool. All right. Um, yeah. You're going to say something. No, yeah, I, I totally agree. And and like I said, as I, I like I was talking about earlier, you know, with the the Zoom experience or the online experience, there's things that you can do, you know, as far as performance that are different than in person. The same applies to you know, like people can be commenting. So in a way, mm -hmm. you're you know, you're you get to read people's inner monologues out on the outside, and and so someone can say like, oh, you know that song makes me think of my mother who passed away or, you know, whatever. And so you get to, I can sort of hear that person's thought, you know, by reading the comment and, you know, in a zoom room, you know, there's not necessarily the hundreds of comments that are flying by, you know, there's enough that I can in between a song, like take in a comment, maybe say something, maybe someone makes a request in the moment and I can just, you know, play that request or, you know, I can make a dedication or whatever it is. It, it's, it has an intimacy to it um that that is i think unique to the format you know yeah. so 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 i love i love that that's really cool okay um we have five minutes so i want to make sure they get to see brother just so they have the understanding of how cool it is to have brother played with an orchestra so i'm going to bring that in and show real quick Again, I'm scared of Facebook jail, <laughs> but you guys get an idea of, um, I guess, also of your previous album work as well, because that's not from your new album, right? No, um, that's from uh, We Are the Reckoning. Yeah, from okay. my last album. Uh, I think We Are the Reckoning was one of the other songs that you performed at um, Jeff's event as well. Those are. I did. Yeah. Okay, because I'm like that sounds familiar. Okay, great. Well, again, thank you so much for hanging out with me on the East Spot with Camille. I so appreciate it. It was so nice to hear about your story. And I still can't believe that you, after your cliff incident, you're still hiking, I might add. So you've gotten yeah, over the fear. Last night. 
<laughs> so not only are you taking chances with music with, that I think are paying off because I absolutely love the songs that I've heard so far, but you're still courageous enough to go hiking again. And that just is another testament to the fact that you are a motivational speaker as well. So they can also check that out as well. Are you doing any events with that during with that as well? Yeah, or? I've been doing I've been doing a lot of talks, actually. It's oh. been uh, it, it's been uh you know, everything was canceled initially, and then a lot of stuff has been rebooked or new stuff has come in. And, and you know, like I said, the work that I did figuring out the virtual offering as a musician really transferred over to, to my speaking stuff. And I, I always play music as, as part of my talk. So, okay. uh, yeah, you can go to petercatspeaks.com and and uh, you can actually create a reel, um, uh, like kind of a highlight reel for my virtual offering as well in, in the video section there. So, you can check it all out. Yeah. But yeah, I have a, I have a quite a quite a busy September of of talks, uh, which I'm excited about too. So oh, that's great. Staying busy, look booked yeah. and busy. <laughs> New album, yeah. more speaking engagements. You are definitely not letting the pause button uh, stay paused on your life at all. And I love that. I'm glad that you're out creating because. I mean, I think we all discovered that art was really helping us the most during this pandemic, whether or not you were Netflixing yeah. and chilling, or if you actually were venturing into your own pandemic hobby as there, so it's been going around. So I love that you're sharing the things that you've learned as far as technology so others can do it as well, but also that yeah. you're, you know, you're encouraging others with your speaking, with your talks as well. So I have in the link um, or in the comments, you can see his link to his speaker reel is also there to check out for Peter as well. Whether you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, it's still in the comments. So um, great. Well, I appreciate you so much. Thanks for hanging out on the East spot and uh, best of luck. I'm excited to see or hear the new songs come out this week and album in the fall. Well, my pleasure, Camille. And, and, you know, kudos to you for doing what you're doing. And, uh, you know, I'm just really impressed with you, the, the lineup of people that you're bringing in and just it's it's really impressive work that you're doing so uh thanks for thanks for all your preparation and and uh and hi to your audience happy to be here <laughs> well, i appreciate well, being here yeah well best of luck in canada if you guys start taking refugees let me know <laughs> we were talking we off we camera there you were saying that there was only like a hundred a day or something i'm like oh, i should have left when i had the chance <laughs> just kidding <laughs> No, but again, thanks again for hanging out with me today. Uh, my pleasure, Camille. Well, thank you again and uh, look forward to hanging out again soon. Oh, for sure. All right. All right. Thank you guys all for hanging out today. The eSpot with Camille. I did kind of hint that this would be the last week of the eSpot. It's the last week as it is. I'm going to be changing it up soon, adding a co-host, which will be announced a little bit closer to the end of the month. So you'll find, or not the end of the month, end of the week, excuse me. And I'm going to be changing my schedule a little bit because I am a mom. Um, that's my number one job. And when she goes back to school, that means I go back to school too. And I'm assuming seventh grade homework is not going to be fun for either of us. And I'll just have to be more involved and with my daughter's life. So I just wanted, honestly, when I started the eSpot, I didn't really think the pandemic would last this long. And now that it has, I kind of need to just revamp my schedule and figure out how I can be a full-time mom and still be able to do this full-time as well. So thankfully I have a co-host coming on starting the 20th and 
more details about that coming soon. So the eSpot's going to change a little bit. I think it might be only three days a week moving forward as opposed to five days a week, just so I can really have the time that is needed to do my research with the different guests I have, but also so I can interact more with my wonderful audience who has been so loyal and so helpful in all of this and just really given me a reason to keep going. And so I want to be able to interact with you guys more. I want to live life more, so to speak. And by doing that, I'll have to take a couple of days off from doing the show just so I have more time to do the part that makes this show great, right? I need to watch the stuff. I need to stay in, um, stay engaged. And I need to raise my daughter because she's going to be a teenager soon and not want me around at all. And thankfully, she still does. So that's, that's what it is. Plus, um, other opportunities have come up and I need to have time to study for those opportunities as well. So I can be able to do both at the same time without either of them falling apart. So again, thank you so much for tuning in. I look forward to our guest tomorrow, Mr. Jerseylicious. Actually, we have two guests this week from Jerseylicious, which is airing now on Hulu and um, Bravo and other apps, I guess, that show Hulu and not Hulu, um, Bravo, app, uh, Bravo shows, I guess. But um, yeah, so I'll have Will on tomorrow. His wife will be on Thursday. Wednesday is Renoli from Conair. Uh, Dangerous Minds. He's he's actor. He's a singer. Can't wait for him on Wednesday, Thursday. Like I mentioned, um, Jerseylicious, Crystal Cuso will be there. Um, Friday is my good friend, confidant, colleague. We've known each other forever. I can't even remember the first time we met. I feel like I remember the second time we met because I was like, girl, I keep running into you. We need to talk. <laughs> it was in an audition. I tend to do that. So anyway. Um, thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you guys again tomorrow, six o'clock Eastern time, three o'clock Pacific time. I don't know all the other time zones, but tune in, watch. If you can't watch the replay, um, share with a friend. Oh, and the eSpot is now available everywhere that podcasts can be heard. So you can listen to it. Spotify, Apple, Google, you name it. I'm there. All right. Thanks again for tuning in. Make sure you share with your friends.